You want to do anything after this? I don't know. Kind of just want to go home and see my wife. Oh, really? Play some Heroes of the Storm or something. Try to beat traffic? That would also be a good idea, yes, now that you mention it. Well, <laughs> well, hopefully we don't spend forever talking about this. Oh, we will. And I'll be stuck <laughs> in traffic. <laughs> To the Why Do I Talk to You podcast. This is Saul Starsheet 4. And Dave Gamer Dave Naple. Boy, what a momentous occasion this is. The Incredibles 2. Yeah, it actually happened. It actually happened. Sheesh. Now, as you guys probably know, we hold uh, the first movie, Incredibles, in the highest of regards, Dave especially. Yeah. Um, I mean, I hold it pretty high up too. Uh, Dave, this is straight up your favorite Pixar movie, though, Incredibles 1, right? Yep. Yeah, um, as we've said before. So, um, and a sequel to The Incredibles was almost the last thing we wanted. Yeah. Um, with the exception of Toy Story 2, you know, Dave doesn't hold a lot of the 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 Pixar, Pixar sequels I mean, in high do regard. You? Uh, I mean, I mean I, Toy Story 3 is, I don't like as much as 2, but it's fine. But like, Finding Dory, <laughs> Cars 2. I still yeah. haven't seen Cars 3. I've heard mixed, I've heard some people say they actually like Cars 3. But really? Yeah, very few. Um, but I've heard it and... I mean, I, I mean, Monsters U is fine. A lot of people disagree on that, but I, I like Monsters U. Yeah, like it, it, for me, it's more than fine. Yeah, um, Cars Two, blech. Yeah, for, Cars Two is actually bordering on that so bad it's good. Honestly, you know, I don't know because I, I <laughs> it, it is going to be a long time. So we did watch it once. We together. did. I think I think I had to force Dave into it because I knew it was going to be bad. <laughs> um, and I think we had a lot of fun watching it because we of how did. bad it was. God, it um, but you cannot pay me to see Cars Three. Like I don't know if it's on Netflix. <sighs> Finding Dory is on Netflix, and I couldn't last like five you minutes. You did not last five minutes. I tried to show you that, but you're just like, no, 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 no. I was just like, Dave, can we turn this off? <laughs> I'm not even having fun. <laughs> uh, but good. I like Monsters U. I really do. Um, and I like the the Toy Story trilogy. Um, soon to be a quadrilogy. Soon. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, we'll talk about that soon. Um, so anyways, but again, Incredibles is is up there. Very, very up there. And it's one of those things that was like so good and so pure. You don't want to see it sullied with a bad sequel. That's exactly. It's going to be a cash grab. Exactly. You know? The risk of it. I mean, Finding yeah. Dory came up before this and we were, that was like, well, that's not a good sign. <laughs> yeah. um, and, uh, but you know, when, when this all was announced, I was very apprehensive, yeah, extremely same. apprehensive. Then Brad Bird was attached to write and direct again. So I was like, Oh, um, all right. Yeah. Uh, well, at least we have that, you yeah. know, and and all the same voice cast except for you know a couple of people uh, came back. All the primaries, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so uh, I was like, of course I'm gonna see it. Yeah. But I'm gonna I'm I'm just nervous, you know. And then like more stuff started coming out, which was like small teasers of just Mr. Incredible and Jack Jack seeming very sort of Mr. Mommy. Yeah. That that didn't instill that was, a whole lot of confidence. No, that did not instill a lot of confidence. At it was all. it. Uh, all the trailers felt like they were showing you the whole movie in the trailer, right? That's what it felt like you were. It was one of those moments, right? Yeah. Because you, you also had what's his face, the guy who winds up funding the whole thing. He's like, I want to bring Incredibles back. Yeah, baby. And you're like, you're 
you're gonna be the bad you're guy. You're totally not you're the bad t- guy. Are <laughs> you're you? to- oh yeah. Some rich guy in a suit all the time. Oh yeah. yeah. Who's probably not important for any reason other than bringing the Incredibles back. It's like, oh, you're totally not the bad guy. We'll, we'll get back to this, by the way. <laughs> oh, spoilers all over the place. Oh sure, yeah, we're not gonna I hide guess, anything. Yeah, sh- I mean that should always be a given. We. The only one we tried with was Undertale, and I don't know how well we did, but... Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. We're not really going to bother with much of the rest of these, Yeah, so. I, don't, I don't really care either way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. So it just looked like you were getting, like, the whole movie, and it was just going to be really tropey and really not good. Just like a generic superhero movie, you know? Yeah. But I did like that it was revealed that it was going to start right where Incredibles 1 left off. Yeah. Um. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, uh, but then that was it, you know. It was there's nothing left to do but just to wait for it. Yep. You know, advertising a Palooza, of course, mm-hmm. and you know, like any other Disney movie. Uh, so Dave and I and our wives um, got to see a premiere of it. Almost well, like watched a double night. feature. So we. <laughs> so I I I I paid for our tickets um, just because Dave and Sam had to drive quite a ways to get up here. I, I wanted to do it, and nice uh, thank you. It just happened to be IMAX, and I was like, "Well, IMAX is reserved reserve seating, so I just wanted to make sure for that." Um, and then the movie starts, and there's like a nice little featurette of like Brad Bird and some of the other actors, like but talking. Like, like right before that, they showed like a big image for like. IMAX, double feature, Incredibles, and Incredibles 2. And we kind of looked at each other like... We're like, uh, did, wait. Is that what we... Hold, hold, <laughs> hang on. Wait, hold. It was like 7.30 at night. And we were like, I don't know if I'm up for this. Because <laughs> I'm old now. Um, so I like frantically looked on like my Fandango receipts to see yeah. if it was like, you know, in fact, double feature. But I was like, guys, it, say guys it, it, it doesn't say double feature. What's up? But and the, then they, the Brad Bird, like they were talking, they were totally talking about it as if they're like, thanks for coming to the double feature special thing. And you're like, <laughs> oh. I was like, oh no. Oh no, no, no. Guys, I'm so sorry. I felt so bad if I had inadvertently purchased a double feature for us. All of us old people. Yeah. Apparently, though, he didn't. Good, luckily not. Because then the movie, I mean, the short came. Oh, that's like, short. This isn't, the, this isn't the old short, so this is the good sign. What was the short? It was, I forget what it was called. Bow? No, no, no. Um, for Incredibles 1. Oh, wasn't it the bird one? No, that was Monsters. Are you sure? No. Oh, no, it was the uh, the Jackalope. Oh, Bounden? Yeah, it was Bounden. Oh, that's one of my least favorite ones. It wasn't a great one. Yeah. It was voiced by the guy who voiced that one dude in The Incredibles, who I assume must be dead because he was not in this one, you, even though correct. his character was in it. You're correct. There you go. Anyways, um, so it was not the double feature. Yeah, Bow came on. Um, hey, Bow, Bounden. Look at that. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> one of the one of the better Pixar shorts to come out, I think. I agree. I uh, thought it was a good short. Mm-hmm. Nothing really to say about it. You should just see it. <laughs> you should see it, yeah. So then uh, the movie started, and it was not um, the old Splash animation, so we were like, oh, phew. <laughs> oh, thank goodness. <laughs> That's right. It was like a very Incredibles-themed like, Disney castle logo. It's really yeah, neat. Because back cool. when Incredibles 1 came out, they weren't particularly owned by Disney just yet. Uh, I guess not. I don't remember what. I don't think the acquisition happened. Is what I'm th- is what I'm saying. I don't think. No, I don't think it matters. Oh, well, whatever. whatever. <laughs> Anyways, so um, the movie itself starts with an interrogation of uh, Tony Ridinger and <laughs> um, and Rick Dicker, the the government guy. I can remember his name too. Yeah. Good job. Yeah, well, you know me. I'm pretty Rick good. Dicker, who does not have his original voice actor. No. Very conspicuously. And it's too bad. Why, what are you, you gonna do? why are you holding on this so I, it much? It was just very. It was just very conspicuous. To me, that's all. The new voice actor didn't didn't have it in him. 
for this voice. Like the original voice was like so low and gravelly and fit the character and like the era so well. And this guy just sounded very generic. Why are you not holding a good, on this so much? He man. wasn't that good. Of, he wasn't a good voice actor for this character. My goodness. He wasn't. Okay. Fine. He has like a grand total of like not a six lines no. in the movie. It's not a oh, big it's not? deal. <laughs> it's not a big deal? Oh, wow. Because it seems to me. It's not a big deal, but he's not very good. Good Lord. <laughs> Whatever. Anyways, so we start out with an interrogation there because Tony is like, I don't really know what I just saw. Yeah. Uh, and he's talking about Violet specifically. We stopped. We started right at a Dash's um, like track meet that we ended on the on the first. On the Underminer. Yeah, and then yeah, thing. they're locking out. Then the Underminer comes out, and they all like put on their suits, and everything's happening. However, um, uh, Mister Incredible and Elastigirl just sort of like take care of it on their own and they force one of them uh dash or violet to watch over jack jack well, they ask one of them to hold the perimeter and they ask the other one to just watch jack jack so and of so, course dash runs away yeah it takes the perimeter or whatever and violet is like getting like frustrated and yada yada she throws her mask down and in, in absolute anger but who should see take out take off her mask but tony reitinger mm. and she's just all like uh, uh hi <laughs> um so so then comes into a, a really really awesome action sequence of uh the incredibles trying to stop uh, the underminer what he's doing is that he's underminding and he's this guy got this huge tunnel complex underneath the city and mm -hmm. you know explosives rigged up so when he pushes the button they blow up and like a building will fall on the ground or whatever mm -hmm. and of course it's the bank so mm -hmm. he's gonna do that to the bank and rob the bank or whatever so so he does that and um uh tunneling scene with mr incredible ensues yeah, but he actually gets the bank under there and he steals all the money and they're fighting. Uh, but then the underminer escapes, but his big old tunneler thingy is like still going. He like escapes and is like escape tunneler. And so the big tunneler, he just left like aim towards whatever, like city hall or something. Yeah, I it guess. like breaches. And so now it's like on the surface. And so Frozone comes back too and tries to help out. They're making a big mess, but like, you know, they're trying to stop it. And eventually they I don't do. I actually remember what Elastigirl is doing in all this. She, she is in she there also. And she point. like, she like overloads the system. So oh, it like right. By the time she gets there, underminer had already like got away. Yeah, and like they're both trying to like, how do we stop this thing? <laughs> yeah, and uh, but then they do stop it from hitting City Hall. They blow something up. That's right. They blow up like the boiler. Yeah. And yeah. then Frozone like ices it like to stop it from actually getting there. For the record, uh, anybody listening, we've only seen this movie once. So pity us. Yeah, well, <laughs> Give us yeah. a break. We would have liked to have seen it twice, but we we're trying to get this out as fast as we can. Sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, got that kind of money. But we do remember. Yeah, we don't. <laughs> Real talk. But but we remember. Enough. <laughs> well, I guess you'll be the judge of that. This was another uh, situation where we um, decidedly like halted a lot of our conversation. We couldn't quite halt it right after. No, but we we halted. Mo we didn't talk about it at all during the weekend. No, no, no. Um. So, so this is still relatively fresh. You know. Yeah. Uh, similar to our Infinity War cast. Yeah. So, anyways, um, it was a big old mess. They left a big old mess, and of course, nobody is happy that they stopped the Underminer. Typical superhero well, stuff. Yeah, the, and, the uh, police come and they like open the top of the thing. They're like, "Freeze! You're under arrest." And I think like somehow Violet and Dash had made their way there too. Oh yeah, that's true. Or whatever, and they're like, "You're under arrest," and they take him into custody. And they're like, "There's insurance for this kind of thing." And they're like, "Well, do you just want us to stand around and do nothing?" Like, "Well, did you catch him?" And they're like, "No." Like, "Did he rob the bank still?" Like, "Yeah." Like, "Yeah, you should have done nothing. You're worthless. You suck." And Mr. Incredible's like, "Bumble, grumble, grumble," <laughs> and that's basically. To yeah. be fair, the. Super Supers are still like hated in this world. Too. Well, t yeah, technically, 
they're still underground, right? Yeah. Like at the end of the last one, like Dick was like, oh, like we got you covered or like the government has assured me that something, something. But it was kind of vague and they probably still didn't actually want them doing stuff like this. But maybe the Incredibles felt like they could. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they're not supposed to. No, they <laughs> Yeah, they're not not supposed (laughs) I think the Incredibles just sort of thought that, like, oh, they can still sort of get away with it. Maybe, Um, yeah. You know, as long as they kept their identities or whatever. But uh, I'm assuming the Underminer is, like, their first time ever actually trying and acting it. Yeah, I would assume so. And it just made a big catastrophe, you know. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. Then they're told by Rick Dicker, um, because they have to obviously relocate, um that uh and their house was destroyed by syndrome's jet oh, right that too um that that they're just living in a hotel for like two weeks and that the government is canceling the superhero relocation program yeah which i don't know what that means like if they happen to come out of hiding again are they just gonna yeah it was kind of vague uh i guess it just meant that they weren't gonna help him out anymore i assume that rick is like part of that program and that's why he's helping them out or whatever and like that's part of the thing yeah i guess like that's all i've got because they're like oh no what are we gonna do we're only gonna live in this like hotel for like two more weeks or whatever and so and then rick is also like and and that also means that his job is sacked too yeah he sounds like i also got fired because uh, <laughs> of so, uh, cause of you so, so thanks for that thanks i for guess that. <laughs> um so yeah they're living in a hotel for a while um i guess there's a like big awkward weeks. like dinner scene where they're like kind of talking about it and this scene was pretty cool though like it was a good scene this scene like you know incredibles one as we spoke about before like opens up more like adultish themes, deeper themes, I guess I should say, not necessarily adultish themes, but you know, deeper themes and just like a regular superhero movie because of like the family aspect, you know? Mm -hmm. And with this one, now we're talking a lot more government involvement and there's a big debate, like, you know, because Mr. Incredible is still heated after like the whole, so we should have just done nothing sort of thing. Yeah. And Elastigirl though is like, well, that's the law and we're supposed to follow the law. And he's all like, well, what if, what if the law is unfair? And she's like, well, there's laws to fix that and yada yada really really uh, hot button issues especially yeah, in this day and age i guess so it was kind of heady it in the first movie it felt much more like mr incredible was clearly in the wrong right but in this one you're kind of like i don't know it was a bit more balanced you know yeah like it, it felt a bit more like you still logically and this probably depends on personality too like i'm very logic driven so i tended to kind of agree with elastigirl but i was still kind of like oh but like mm-hmm. mr credible's kind of right yeah. like this really sucks and it's not really cool and it feels and you know his character is really portrayed well here because he's obviously like losing his temper like elastigirl is much better at like conveying her her opinion like much more intellectually and much more backed up by facts where Mm -hmm. Mr. Incredibles is very emotional. Yeah. And so you feel like he's kind of losing, but at the same time, you're just like, it's not like the first one. He feels much more justified somehow. Yeah. Which is is nice. Yeah. Yeah. It was a good scene. I thought it borders on, you're like, didn't we kind of grow past this in the first movie? It feels like we're rehashing this, but at the same time, you're like, but it's different. It is different. It's interesting. Well, it's it's just, it was just nice to see that dynamic and that clearly like the, you know, 15 years later, they can still write that dynamic too. Yeah, that's true. Um, and it wasn't old. It wasn't like old, old hat. We've seen it. Like it was actually refreshing. Yeah. Um, so then they're like, they're talking still how like, you know, they, they need to get a job or like somebody has to. And yeah. Basically after dinner, they wind up out by the pool at the motel while the kids are inside watching TV and they're talking like, well, I guess one of us needs to get a job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're gonna um, be homeless. And then uh Lucius 
comes up. Uh, dressed as Frozone. Dressed as no, Fro- well, he? no, he's like in a trench coat. No, you're right, right. he's in a trench coat. Um, and like he talks about this new opportunity that was presented to him. Um, that like they want some some people. This person named Winston Dever uh, wants to talk to them. He's the head of Dev industry. I don't Dev- know. Dev Tech. Dev Tech. That's right. <laughs> Is that actually Dev Tech? Dever Tech. Whatever. Devero. He's like it's like this. This like marketing slash like technology slash like television tech company or something he's like that. Just, he's just he's rich man. He's, he's a big he's a big. He's wig. slight Lex Luthor. Yeah, you know, sort of. Anyway, so Frozone says he's like, well, I mean, what have I got to lose? I'm gonna totally see him. Yeah. Um, and he's like, he wants to see you guys as well. He's like, you should just come with us. And of course, like because he. He tells Frozone that he is interested in getting supers like legal and like in the in the nice line. Yeah, like again. He, he Lucius like runs off and doesn't get ca- caught by the cops at the end of the whole Underminer incident. And so like the guy's limo driver, you like see him in, in midst all the kerfuffle. The guy's limo driver finds Lucius and is like, "Oh hey, wait up!" And he's like, "Sorry, I'm not supposed to be here. I'm illegal." And he's like, well, "Wouldn't you like to change that?" And Lucius <laughs> is like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> "So yeah." Yeah, so they go on out. Uh, like, you know, of course, Mr. Incredible's all like, you know. <laughs> yeah, he's ready to go. And like he tells him like, oh, wear your old suits or whatever because he likes, you know, the classic stuff, which I don't know why they have those on them. But, I mean, I guess they're packed up and living out of the motel. So, eh, Did you notice that, that there wasn't the patch job anymore on, on Mr. Incredible's sleeve? I can't believe that you noticed that. I was looking for that specifically. <laughs> we w- got you, Pixar. You thought you could slip that one by us. Not by this level of podcast. No, sir. Not by W. Diddy again. <laughs> Brad Bird, we demand an explanation. We demand. <laughs> and a free trip to Disney World. We demand an HD remake fixing that. <laughs> Anyway, so uh, they go into this big mansion type thing, whatever yada. Yeah, they meet they meet Winston Dever, and, and again, okay. So let me just say outright, a lot of the elements of this plot is pretty freaking predictable. It's really tropey. It's really tropey as well. That's yeah. the movie's biggest problem is that it's very very tropey. Like you can say that's to like to the to the strength of the style. <sighs> But can you though when the Incredibles one? I mean, was the Incredibles one any less this style when it didn't rely on these tropes? Mm. <laughs> I don't think so. No, you know, so I don't think there was any real plus to the tropiness. It was just, I mean, we'll we'll talk more about it. But most everything that happens in this movie is very tropey. Yes, it's very oh yeah that this would happen here and like mm-hmm. oh yeah that makes sense and oh haha that's an old joke like whatever, for the most part not all of it, right? It it's just it was, it was a little disappointing how predictable it was. I mean like 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 Dave and I said like you know when when Winston Dever was um, you know in the trailers and stuff like that we're just like okay clearly this is what's being set up here you know what i yeah. mean like we didn't think the underminer was actually going to be the villain for the entire <laughs> well movie. i mean even at the end of like the trailer they teased like the screen slaver or whatever right yeah 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 so and he was like covered up in a mask he's like oh gee i wonder who's under that now if you've seen the movie you're already thinking like oh but that's not what happened but what ends up happening isn't that much better yeah. they just did a good job in the trailers of like it was like this. It was definitely like a misdirect, right? Like we're gonna show this character, and we're gonna hide this other character, so you yeah, think that, exactly. so like you can feel like we're surprising you. But really, if you just saw this movie, it would immediately become obvious what's going on because 
as he's like giving them his presentation or whatever, like out of nowhere, this disheveled woman like flies into the room, like looking like carrying whatever, like she didn't do her hair, whatever. It's like, oh, and here's my sister, uh, Evelyn Devers. And you're like, oh, hey. Hi, bad guy. <laughs> like, she just straight up has, like, the Cruella DeVille look to her. Mm-hmm. And, like, she looks high all the time. And <laughs> she's just clearly kind of disinterested in this whole thing. But, like, she's here. And you're like, hmm, I wonder why they would bother introducing you. Oh, wait, it's because you're the bad guy, aren't you? And it doesn't take long to figure out that, yeah, that's exactly what's going on here. And if you didn't get it just from her very not-so-subtle entrance <laughs> and just her character design, so Winston is talking about like how he is such a huge fan of the classic Supers as well as his dad. His dad was a huge fan of the classic Supers yeah. um, and like did a lot of stuff for them and like you know made them very popular in the limelight, and he was so in with them that he had personal lines uh, with two Supers that we had only sort of heard about, uh, Vironic and Gazer Beam. Yeah. He had two personal lines to them in case he ever needed trouble because he was like a rich mogul or whatever and so stuff sort of happens so they're talking about this story about how his parents died though because um there were these armed robbers that broke into their complex and instead of going down to like the safe room in the basement uh the safe panic room he instead went down to the to the lines but these robbers cut all the phone lines no what no what it was was it was right after it was right after the oh, they right. put him underground. You're right, you're right. And you're so right. they had, you know, they had abandoned the phones or whatever. They'd abandoned the super life. So you're when right, he called, right, there right. was no one there. You're yeah. right. Yeah, absolutely right. Yeah. Um, but he was still down there trying to get them on the line and he got caught and they he were shot, shot and killed. Well, he it was kind of left vague whether or not it, their mom like went down to the safe room and survived. But you never hear about it. You her, never so hear about her. She doesn't matter, that. but whatever. During this whole time, Evelyn is all like, if they had just went down to the safe room, everything <laughs> would have been all right. And Winston's like, I disagree. But that's another story for another <laughs> like, time. Like, oh, gee, this person doesn't seem to like supers. I'm sure that'll never be important later. I believe Dave and I exchanged a look during that scene also. <laughs> like, what, what I do love is how our wives sort of like situated their seating to where it wouldn't be. Dave and I sat next to each other. <laughs> they knew. They knew. Oh, God. And I do believe we exchanged a look at that point. We're just sort of like, hmm. Yeah. And this was actually pointed out to me on Twitter by an old friend who put it on there. But if you didn't get it by either of those things, her name is actually a pun on evil endeavors because her name is Evil Endeavors, which is just... <laughs> In case you wanted them to shove it just a little harder down your throat. I mean, I don't... It's a bad pun. It's a very... It's, it, it's like it's they so, want you to know ahead of time. It's so bad that <laughs> I'm almost... I almost don't think it's actually intentional because it's just <laughs> it that bad. It has to be intentional. It's, it was 100% intentional. It's one of the worst things I've ever seen Pixar do, though, if it's if that's okay, intentional. It's not that bad. Come on. Evil Endeavors. <laughs> Evel Endeavors. <laughs> Whatever. And she's, hello, my name is Evel Lindevers. Endeavors. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that that was their, their absolutely shoehorned in backstory. Yeah. So it came out of nowhere. So then anyways, they, um, they discussed their plan. And uh, what they're going to do is basically use their use their technology and use their like. Their connections in like media and like. Uh, advertising and stuff like that to basically put a better spin on the superheroes because mm-hmm. they're like why does no one like this stuff i forget what mr incredible says but it's like 
it's pretty funny. I'm sad I can't remember the joke here. But anyway, he gives some, like, very Mr. Incredible answer, and he's like, no, it's actually perception, because, like, people see all the damage you cause, but they don't see all the hard decisions you have to make. So we're going to do, so we're going to have this fancy, tiny little camera, which they'd put on, like, all their lanyards or whatever, just so it worked, I guess, so that people can see exactly, like, what you do and how heroic you are or whatever. Mm -hmm. Mr. Incredible's like, sweet, sign me up, baby. But then they're like... like Actually, Elastigirl is going to be the first one. She's like, what are you what are you talking about? And they were like, well, we crunched the numbers and <laughs> crunched the numbers. Base, basically Elastigirl causes the least amount of property damage and collateral damage. <laughs> Mr. Griffin was like, well, I mean, I'm not that bad. Am I like, no, no, you're great, buddy. It's just, you know, the numbers. And, <laughs> <laughs> So this this presents like a slight other trope, which I'm very glad they focused on very little. Yeah. Because it was going to get obnoxious if it wasn't. Mm-hmm. So basically, they have to think about it, and they have a scene where they're like, you know, sort of talking about it, and they're like in bed talking about it. And this scene dragged a little bit, in my opinion. Very I, minor. I actually liked the scene. Um, I didn't say I wouldn't say I disliked it. I just think yeah, it dragged a little bit. That's no, I, I can see what you mean though. Just because I this was one of those scenes where Pixar did it again, where I totally forgot that I was watching an animated movie because mm-hmm. um, their their movements were so realistic. Their acting was so compelling and realistic also. Um, anyway, so what they're, what they're discussing here is like, because Mr. Incredible has a pretty big ego. He yeah. not only misses being a super, but he also misses being in the limelight and like, you know, being like a known hero to people and everything like that. And so he kind of has to, you know, just put his ego in check and just allow, you know, uh, Elastigirl be the star. Yeah. Like he's trying to like really support her because he does want them and their kids to like have this choice, you know? Mm -hmm. And he knows that if she's the best play, like she needs to go and do that. But she's like, I don't know. Like, what about the kids? Like what about taking care of the kids? He's like, no, I'll be fine. I can take care of them. She's like, I don't know that you will. And he's <laughs> like, come on, baby. Like, you need to do this. And yeah. So they get moved into one of Winston Dever's like massive mansions. She eventually accepts, basically. Oh, sure. Yeah. They, they move into the massive mansion. And then uh, so she gets called to like her first little mission on this cool little like bike. And um, there and is a small a motorcycle. There's like- a small little point also where they made a suit for her from this like other like super <laughs> uh, costume designer that's yeah. not Edna mode. Uh, and Mr. Incredible makes a quip of something like, oh, geez, I better you than me. I don't want to hear <laughs> what she has to say about this. So she goes off on like this cool little cycle. And like there's some people like on the freeway, like recognizing her and being all like, yeah. well, I don't know how they're like teenagers. I'm like, this is before your time. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't get it. But yeah. OK, so here's where it begins um, again. Another spot that I'm glad they didn't focus on for too long uh, because the Mr. Mom tropes do happen in this movie but it is not a singular it is not the driving plot point of this movie all of like really all of the real mr mom jokes you saw in the trailers yes right like it it doesn't linger on it beyond that and it does make it a little tired just because if you've seen all the trailers like that's really all there is to it but i'm much better that than they like tried to focus on it for longer right like there's some things you didn't see in the trailers you know like ragged mr incredible trying to put jack jack to bed or whatever like a couple of those things you don't see but like you you get it right like it's the same type of stuff but they don't linger on it for too long before it turns into a real point of character development for him which is really nice there's basically a moment where well there's a, a slight montage sort of scene where he's trying to be the mr mom and failing at everything of course yeah like basically like the first part is everything's going wrong like dash doesn't know how to do the math homework and jack jack's crying and won't go to sleep and violet is you know upset because like she has her date with tony rodinger but then he doesn't show up because turns out 
in the first, in the very beginning of the movie, you saw that he had his mind wiped of the fact that Violet was one of the superheroes. But <laughs> oops, turned out they erased all of her from his memory <laughs> because it's not an exact science, Bob, <laughs> as he tries to explain to him later. Uh, but so she's all b- busted up. Mr. Incredible is just like really worried about her. And she's like, Hey, like, are you okay? Like, she's like, Oh, I'm fine. I don't want to talk. And he doesn't know what to do because he's a parent. And he's just like, er, mm, uh, okay. So there's this beautiful scene that happens with no dialogue or barely even any like, like inner monologue or anything like that too, where he's just, like, he's up late at night at like two because Jack well, Jack kept him up. Well, some others we because the stuff with the last girl happened before this. Should we should we go talk about that? No, not yet. Well, because that's sort of what sets us into motion. Is he sees that on the TV and he's like really upset. <sighs> All right, fine. Like yeah. I just wanted to get over his stuff first. Anyways. No, I know, but it's so, it's interspersed and it does have to do because like they 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 interplay it really well with it's like it's juxtaposed against his like jealousy for what his wife is getting to do right but and so at first you're just like man just like just get over it bob like you're being really selfish you're just being jealous but it like juxtaposes it in such a way where you're like oh okay i get how this is part of your character now and how it's not coming from a bad place and you get to see how he like uses it to like spur him forward so i think it's important so what happens is she she goes into this this town it's not what's it like metroville is like it's a really yeah so now it's like new urban (laughs) or something (laughs) um basically she just sort of like hides out someplace and she has a calm with uh, both the Devers and they have like a police scanner open, just seeing like what's going on. And then they hear that there might be something going down at the, uh, the new unveiling of like a bullet train. Yeah. So she's all like, okay, I'm on my way. And so she's just like waiting for a while. Uh, the mayor is there and they like, they christen the new bullet train as though they're going to take the inaugural ride. And she's like, okay, nothing's wrong here yet. And then the bullet train decides to go in the opposite direction and very like very little bit like fast too very it goes the wrong direction very fast and she's like uh how much of this line is complete and they're like not that way <laughs> so <laughs> they like, so she's rushing there's a really okay so i guess we didn't get to see no, we kind of did but we didn't see like okay so elastigirl is stretchy she can make a parachute and she can stretch very far. That's kind of all we knew, like, from the first movie. The way that she uses her bike is, like, right in between being really cheesy and really cool. I just thought it was really cool. I, You know, it's it's weird. At first, I was like, when I first saw her do it, like, on the freeway or whatever, I was like, oh, that's kind of dumb. But then when I saw it in action here, like, this is what sucked me in. And I was just like, you know superhero movies are fun <laughs> like it's just fun getting them to see them do this like that was the where i'm like you know all right i'm having fun with this movie like i am liking this movie and like that was the point where i'm like okay like you got me like don't drop it from here but like you got me here so her bike splits in half and she's able to use that to sort of slingshot herself and to also like dodge stuff dodge and stuff whatever. and like loop around like other things to like you know bo- bo- boost her around and stuff like that so long there's a nice you know action sequence here obviously so she gets into the train and she runs over to the conductor because she can't like she tried like in front of there's the window there's a big old chase sequence where eventually the bike blows up because they go under tunnels or whatever but eventually she she gets on it and she tries to get the driver's attention and the driver is just like a dead glare like like in front of like this screen and uh, that's like flashing and yeah stuff so then she like breaks it but like well she like breaks into the back part of the the thing to like try to um she catches up to it and she tries to get his attention to get him to turn the other way but he's just like completely out of everywhere just zonked and so she has to break into the train and like split it apart somehow and like slow it down with her giant 
parachutiness and yeah she doesn't she Ooh. does stop it it's a little similar to the to the first movie. it's actually very si- yeah how <laughs> about that they both just have to stop a train right and also a little similar to spider-man too but. <laughs> yeah we're like it like the other end of it just sort of barely goes off yeah, the edge and then yeah. something bumps in and just goes a little bit more like oh no you're like I'm him. so then the train is safe she runs back to the conductor room and just sort of like what is your problem <laughs> uh she looks at the screen and it says something like welcome back elastic girl from the screen slaver or something like that <laughs> and you're just like ooh, what's happening here so she makes a lot of big news because of it because she saved the mayor and she saved you know everybody there no casualties and yada yada yeah and so, so she like calls mr incredible and is like hey guess what i did she's like i stopped a train and he's like oh good for oh, you oh yeah he turns baby. on the news yeah, at the same on, time too yes, to like see it happening see on every channel yeah and He's like, that's great, honey. You're doing <laughs> such a good job. And yeah. So that is kind of what like, so he goes. That's part ba- of the reason why he's up so late. Like he's up really late. Jack Jack also. Yeah. And he's tossing and turning. And again, no dialogue or no like even like inner monologue happening here. He mumbles a few things to himself. Yeah. But I feel like it's kind of important, but I don't remember exactly what it is. And a lot of it is like comedic, though. He's all like, you know, I'm gonna learn math and da da da. Yeah. <laughs> uh, basically, what's happening here? I mean, like, if he were to speak, he would be saying things like, "I'm Mr. Incredible," and that means I have to be incredible at everything, which means yes. my kids need Mr. Incredible right now, and so yeah. that's what I'm gonna be. And so he stood up really late, he learning, stays up all night, learning, learning Dash's math. math, you yeah. know, and, and like actually helping him on the test and stuff. He uh, he calls Dicker also, and just sort of like, so. Do you remember that guy? <laughs> yeah, I do. Nice kid. You kind of erased a violet from his memory. Oh. Oops. <laughs> Oops. It happens sometimes. It's just like, I did. <laughs> so he tries to do the right thing and like, they take he takes out the family to like the restaurant that he works. Yeah, the restaurant at. that his like parents own that he works at. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course, Violet doesn't know what's going on. Like until yeah, none of them are like, why are we going to this like podunk diner? Yeah, yeah. And then happens to see him being like serving their table yeah. and shoots water out of her nose. I mean, like the the scene itself, the most cartoony. Yeah, the scene with- itself is doesn't sound all that entertaining when you say it out loud. But no, oh, Dave knows. I was I he was, was dying. I yeah. was taken aback because I did not know that was what was going to happen. I mean, the timing is great. It's all classical, like slapstick cartoony sure. stuff, right? But it's it's done really well. And I I commented because like as soon as the moment happened where she like shoots the water, because it's not like a little bit of water. Like they do, <laughs> <laughs> they are intentional about making it look like a. Like, <laughs> and so everyone's like, oh, gee, I'll clean that up. And so, like, as there's that, like, weird motion, like, on the TV where, like, nothing's really happening, but all the characters are like, oh, gee, oh, blah, 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 blah. Everyone in the theater is busting up laughing, mm-hmm. right? And it just, like, dawned on me, like, that is good filmmaking right there, where you have that joke and then you, you like, insert this period where nothing important it's is happening. It's just filler, yeah. It's completely filler, but it's just so people can laugh and recover just in time to get the rest of the movie. I was like, mm-hmm. that's really, that's, that's slick. I like that. I mean, that's, I how, like you, that. that's how you pace a movie. Really. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. how you pace a movie. Um, so yeah. Mr. Incredible makes some like great water jokes. Like this water is just divine. Where do you get this from? Uh, I think it's uh, the tap, tap water. water. <laughs> well, that is just delicious. <laughs> <laughs> oh my it's a goodness. It's great moment. Yeah. Um, 
and there's also some things like with Jack Jack happening too, to the point where he's uh, he calls Frozone over to like. Well, I feel like we should talk about the raccoon scene too. <laughs> so okay. <laughs> so at one point he's like staying up super late, and Jack Jack is just not going to bed, and like somehow Jack Jack keeps getting downstairs in front of the TV, even after Mr. Incredible puts like a table on top <laughs> of the crib, and instead of questioning that, he's just like. Whatever, just <laughs> I guess we're watching TV. So he falls asleep watching TV while Jack Deck's watching it too. And there's like an old timey like cops and robbers thing on where With like, like the robbers wearing like a black mask on his yeah, arm yeah. and stuff. And Jack Deck looks outside and there's a raccoon digging through their trash. <laughs> and so he immediately identifies this as the robber. <laughs> and it is a fantastic scene. So he like materializes through their windows. <laughs> And has this really hilarious fight scene with this raccoon. And like all the while he's like polymorphing into like many of like the different powers he has. Like there's a scene where like he like turns into human torch and is like lighting things on fire. And the raccoon's like, what is happening? What are you? And like all these other things. The raccoon's not backing down, though. It's hilarious. The yeah. whole time I think I think Mr. Incredible's on the phone the whole time. So he's not noticing right no, I think away. He's asleep. Oh, is he? Yeah, he's like asleep in front of the TV, so it takes a while before he wakes up. <laughs> he looks outside, and Jack Jack's shooting lasers or whatever, and he's just like, ah, ah. So he doesn't notice all of Jack Jack's powers, but he does see he's like, you have powers, and yeah. then like Jack Jack like sneezes or like coughs or something, and like unleashes like four of them all within like the span of like one it's second. It's the exact scene you saw in the trailers where yes. it's like, yeah, baby, and he like does all those same powers, except the laser beam doesn't take the chunk out of his hair like in the trailer. Thank goodness. Which I thought was nice for two reasons, because one, it just would have made it awkward and it wasn't that funny to begin with, but two, it was a nice return to the Pixar fake out yes. of having that in the trailer and actually not having it in the movie. Yeah. It was minor, but I loved it. I was like, ah, feels like old Pixar. So then he calls Frozone over um, and is just like, I need, I need help. <laughs> and, and yeah, Jack-Jack is like demonstrating some of his powers, like interdimensional, like travel also. And um, Lucius is doing exactly what he does. Just freaking out like, what? Your baby has powers? And doing all that. Let me just stuff, say, like, yeah, Samuel L. Jackson doing has, the Samuel way, more, Jackson has stuff. way more lines in this movie. And thank the Lord he did. <laughs> The movie is better off. Oh my goodness, it totally is. His character just overall has a bigger impact too, which I I really loved. Yes. Um, Because it's like, he didn't really have that much impact in the first movie. He was there. No. But, and he was funny. He was Samuel L. Jackson. But here he actually like makes a difference and I really liked it. Mm Mm-hmm. So, um, so Mr. Incredible finally decides he has enough. And so he just needs to drop him off at Edna modes to like, maybe find a way to like control, control his powers or whatnot. Something. Edna is at first incredibly offended that Lester girl is not wearing one of her suits. Um, but upon seeing how disheveled and disgusting Mr. Incredible looks, she caves and lets him. <laughs> so she's all like, I'm not a babysitter. I am an artist, Bob, you know, yada, yeah. yada. Um, and it's just like looking at Jack, Jack, like as she's like ranting and Jack, Jack just like turns into Edna. <laughs> yeah. It's just like grows hair, like changes his head shape, grows her nose. <laughs> she's just like, Oh my <laughs> God. And yeah. then so she completely flips over and like says, uh, you know, like agrees to take him and yada, yada, shoves Bob out the door. Cause she wants to get started right away. Yeah. And that's hilarious. Um, he comes back home and like Violet is still like really, you know, you know, she's, you know, 
sad sad and and like bob just sort of lays it all on the line and just like you know like i'm so sorry like i didn't know that you know all his memory was going to get erased and yada yada like and just has a really nice heart to heart with and this is where he kind of says the stuff that we mentioned earlier where he's like i'm mr incredible like i need to be incredible at everything and it's just hard being like mediocre and so i've worked really hard to try to be your a good dad but i'm sorry i'm not a good dad yeah she's like you're a great dad and there's a nice little moment it's nice it's very tropey but Mm -hmm. it's nice it's fine yeah Um, it it does it does reveal more of his character where it's like okay this character now makes sense to me yeah he's not just being a selfish jerk he he like has this kind of i don't know if i want to say inferiority complex but he just has this need to be great right yeah it makes you wonder like what his dad was like actually (laughs) but anyway but that that's cool that's the kind of character development that you love to see and that this movie deserved. And yes, I absolutely loved it. Yeah, loved absolutely. It. Tropey, absolutely. yes, but that doesn't mean that I still didn't enjoy but it. But even, like, his actions were tropey and the moments were tropey, but at least his character... I mean, it probably is tropey, but it felt very genuine, mm-hmm. and that's really all that matters. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, that helped a lot. So, going back to Elastigirl, so her, um, her reemergence has caught, like, the attention of, like, this ambassador that, like, happened to be visiting... And was like talking to her like before this like big on TV interview that he was gonna that she was gonna have with this like TV host. Yeah, this ambassador from some country who's like all about supers. She's like, I want to bring the supers back. Yeah. Blah blah blah. And you're like, oh great, whatever. So she gets escorted out onto like these private helicopters or whatever. And so Elastigirl's gonna have her interview with this TV anchor. Uh, but then the screens start flickering and whatnot, and his teleprompter starts flickering, and he starts talking like in place of the screen slaver. Yeah. Um. And is like saying like you know it'll be ashamed if something happened to like a helicopter or something like that you know yeah so she should she deduces that's what's going on she runs over to like the editing room and like they're all hypnotized as well so she has no choice but to go after it herself and like chase after these like three helicopters one of them might have uh, uh one of them might have the ambassador in there I I want to pause at this point really quickly just to say. Like, this is sort of an unfortunate side note that I have to note. And my wife was the one who pointed it out to me afterwards. And I was like, yeah, that kind of really sucks. If you have epilepsy, don't see this movie. Like, you actually can't see this movie. Like, I'm sorry. There are a lot of flashing images. And my wife was telling me as I was talking to her yesterday, she's like, yeah, I was looking it up. Like, that was her immediate thought after seeing that. She's like, I don't think people with epilepsy can see this movie. I'm like, they had to have tested that, right? I'm like, but, like, what are they going to do? Stick people with epilepsy in a room and, like, show them this? Like, they can't do that. So I don't, I don't know. But she was telling me afterwards, she's like, yeah, apparently, like, people have had, like, seizures in the movie theater because of this. And apparently Disney's like, yeah, the theaters were supposed to post outside that if you have absolutely don't see this movie and oh so my goodness like yeah this is what you're supposed to do so i'm just like it really kind of sucks and it's unfortunate because like in order to show like the you know the hypnotizing lights or whatever to make it more genuine it's like a lot it's like all the you know classic like black and white like swirly things but it's not like a perfect you know circle like the stereotypical one is it's a lot of stuff but it's always flashing like really really quickly mm-hmm. and so she immediately because like um nicole if you're listening, Nicole, um, her mom has epilepsy. And so that was the first person she thought of was like, we should like, maybe we should t- tell Nicole, like not to take her mom to see this movie. Like, I yeah, don't know. I, I saw no warnings at all. No, there were no warnings in the, not by before the, the movie. Yeah. Certainly not, nothing you saw not there. by the theater, not by like the pre. No, n- nothing, nothing. Yeah. So yeah, that was, it, it, it does suck. And if you're going to talk about a minus for the movie, like that's, 
that's kind of a big deal um, to make your movie like inaccessible to a certain portion of like people. But they should have learned from the Porygon episode. They really should have. You joke, but they really should have. <laughs> this ain't the first time stuff like this has happened in animation either. So no. I don't. I don't know why that slipped by their radar or they thought like, ah, you know, just put a I, warning label. I get it. Where like in order to make that, cause like the whole hypnotism thing is like, it's very spooky and it's very eerie and it is very weird in like the, you know, as they go through this process of chasing the screen slaver it becomes like, yeah, I control all the screens. Like if you look at any screen, you're like in danger of being hypnotized by me at any time. And it's a good way of making it spooky and really like, uh, you just feel icky because hypnotism is one of those things like in the original in uh, Batman Begins of the trilogy, like anything that's like mind altering and stuff, like just gives me the heebie-jeebies. <laughs> like so Scarecrow is really like like this movie's really good and it's certainly doing a good job making it feel uncomfortable, but it's almost like too much. So <laughs> uh, The Incredibles 2 doesn't quite stray that far, but, you know, it's just really eerie to think about losing control over your own mind like that. Right. Mm -hmm. And so. I get why they made it like all flashy like this because to make it seem more genuine, because obviously we know like you can't just look at a spinning circle and like, you know, be hypnotized or whatever. So they're trying to make it seem like, Oh, something with the flashing lights messes with your brains. But unfortunately they did not take into account flashing lights actually messing with people's brains. <laughs> it seems like such a, a pretty egregious oversight for such a monster a, mo house like yeah. Disney. Yeah. It's not becoming, but anyway. Well, she saves her from the helicopters. Yeah, Bas <laughs> basically, what happens crashes. is she she goes into a helicopter, smashes the screen right away just in case, and is all like, you know, we got to follow the helicopter with the ambassador in it. Um, and then so she eventually gets in there, also smashes that screen just in case. But the other helicopter is still out there and gets hypnotized and starts going after them. Yeah. Um. She uh, and and just and destroys their helicopter, but like is able to just like save everybody on the on the pl on the helicopter, including the ambassador. Um. So they're celebrating. I don't over know if she saved everybody. Now that I'm thinking about it. She saved the ambassador. Well, saved sure everybody. If on anybody the, else made no, it. No, because well, she shoved them out. She's like, oh, can, right, you guys, can you guys? Can you guys swim? swim? Uh, yeah. And Shove. the ambassador's <laughs> like, no. Like, uh. <laughs> well, um, you're gonna learn. <laughs> so they're celebrating at DevTech, uh, but she's like, "But Screenslaver is still out there. Like, all I d I saved the ambassador, great, but the the thing is still out there. But Winston is trying to like get her to just like you know at least be happy with what's happening right here. Not to mention, uh, her exploits have actually gotten a lot of supers out of hiding and like they're all gathered over at DevTech. And so we get to meet a lot of new supers that we never heard of, even from the first movie. Yeah. Just uh, some new guys, new whatevers there. That's not the okay. high point of the movie, but it's, it's like fine. They're neat. Yeah. Whatever. There's the a, only one who really gets any character development is void. Character but, development. I mean, you know, she's like, I the, say screen time, not character development. Well, enough time to actually understand what her character is, where she's like, she's like this teenager kind of, she's obviously younger and she's just like enthralled with like Elastigirl, uh, girl. Just like, Oh, you're my hero. And like girl power. And yeah, like mm. she just really wants to impress her and whatever. So the other characters are just kind of there. Whatever. Void does have a uh, portal powers. Yeah. She's just straight up portal. The yeah. game. <laughs> so that's neat. Then comes a scene um, where Elastigirl and uh, Evelyn are talking uh, my wife would be remiss if I didn't mention how she thought this was pretty pandering and just like Evelyn mm. in general was pretty pandering. Like there's a, there's a spot where like, she's about to go on like the TV interview and Evelyn is all like, like, Oh, it was so much better that it's you and not Mr. Incredible. Huh? Something like that. She, yeah. my, my wife, um, my wife is, is, is pretty privy and sensitive to like, you know, 
um, you know, the way women is portrayed Girl in media power, and stuff feminism, like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but like she thought that was straight up pandering, right? Um, uh, she she wanted me to say that on the on the cast though. <laughs> she wanted she's like, are you gonna mention something? Like, I, was gonna- like, <laughs> I was like, I I don't know if I really have the credit to say that. She's like, just say that I said it. I was like, okay, all right, Great. yes, honey, yes, honey. <laughs> <laughs> um. So any that kind of is what's happening right there a little bit. It's weird because. Evelyn kind of has two weird things going in her character. One is like the straight up girl power where like she's kind of talking in this scene. She's talking to Mrs. Incredible and she's like, yeah, well, it's also important to note about Evelyn that she is actually making all the tech. Yeah, she makes all the texts that are the tech that her brother sells. Right. And so they're sort of talking about like the merits of who's more important, the salesman or the person who makes it. And Mrs. Incredible kind of presents both sides in a really intelligent and interesting way because she's a great character and it's done really well. Well, but you're like, Evelyn's just because she, she has this like girl power thing going on, but it never really goes anywhere. Yeah, it's just kind of there, but ultimately, that's not her like big deal. Like, ultimately, what you find out, and this is a little bit of a spoiler for later, but I'll just mention it here ultimately, her big thing is like people are lazy and they trust other people for no reason, right? They like trust other people to take care of their problems when they need to be doing it all themselves and blah, blah, blah. So that like becomes her thing. But early on, it seems like she's like the girl power thing. So you wonder if it's going to be a thing where like she tries to go after Mr. Incredible, but like tries to team up with Mrs. Incredible. Mr. Incredible's like, oh, but like (laughs) it, that doesn't happen, but it's just like, it's a little inconsistent, right? It's a little bit of a, of a thread that doesn't really go anywhere. It's almost like, they're sort of trying to hint at the danger of like this extreme feminism, but like they never actually go there. It's, it's a little weird. And like, that's the other thing I would say really falls in the negative of this movie. Aside from the tropiness is there, there are just a few threads here and there that kind of are picked up and then never go anywhere. They're usually very minor and not like a huge deal, but there's some of them and they, they'll nag at you a little bit. It's mm-hmm. it's a little it's not a huge deal, but it is noticeable. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's yeah. like you know in the first movie during like the TV interview scenes, and she's like you know like come on, girl, on girls, come on, leave the saving the world to the men. I don't think so. Yeah, you know that that didn't really go anywhere either. But maybe that's a little more periody. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I will have to. Yeah. So anyways, they're, they're talking about all this. And then Elastigirl gets the idea that like, you know, if Screenslaver is using TV, then that means that, you know, can you make a signal tracer? Um, and we'll just like, we'll trace them out in that way. And so she was like, yeah, sure. I can do that. So they devised this plan where um, she's having an on like a, an over the phone interview with the, the person she was supposed to have the TV interview with. And of course, as she does it, Screenslaver interrupts. And so she's outside of the TV studio while, while she's doing this. And so she's tracing the signal the whole way through. And this is where, this is where Screenslaver gets his sort of monologue underneath her chasing him down where she's yeah. like, you trust screens to do this and this, no real interaction, no blah, blah, blah. And so this is where you it's weird and we'll get to this later but you don't you're not really sure if this is exactly what evelyn's deal is or if it's sort of just part of it's just kind of made up right yeah for the most part it seems to be what her actual issue it seems to be her evil monologue although she gets another one later but it was also maybe a reflection on today's society probably but at least it wasn't quite as obnoxious as like wally oh jeez. or it was it was done better than i mean it was i guess subtler ish than Mm -hmm. zootopia because it wasn't as major of a (laughs) like a thing of the entire movie but yeah this was their 
This was their moment to like get their, you know, propaganda. Not propaganda, but you know, their stuff out there. Agenda out there. Yeah, that's the right. That's the right word. Yeah. So, um, so she traces a signal to this like apartment building. Um, she like sneaks inside. This part's actually creepy because it's it's pretty tense yeah yeah, because you know at any moment something's gonna pop out yes and it takes a while for that to happen Mm -hmm. she's going through and she's in screenslavers workshop yada yada um and then of course he pops out into this like big hypnotism room yeah where like all the walls are like showing his like crazy hypnotism and this is this is definitely the apex of like the seizure inducing there's no way someone has a seizure absolutely and it's meant to be very disorienting to you if you don't have these issues and very tense yeah and it is it's it's a big fist fight and stuff like that where she can't open her eyes he has this like cattle proddy type like weapon too and is like hurting her also and um i guess she's not like monkey d luffy where her body is like actually rubber and it doesn't do anything to her it's electric sure sorry she's she's elastic elastic isn't but it's like rubber i don't know whatever (laughs) now we know her power isn't actually her body being made out of rubber no confirmed otherwise she'd be a rubber girl (laughs) okay duh okay her body's made out of elastic I don't like waistbands. I I feel like (laughs) I don't know how much those would be affected by electricity either. (laughs) Whatever. Certainly if she was wearing her rubber suit from Edna, this wouldn't be a problem. Oh, absolutely. uh, Well, (laughs) I mean, you know, she's the best. Anyway. So she's they're on the run. He like rigs a bomb into the apartment building, too. But she eventually gets gets out of the room and there's a chase scene out of the building where he like sets a bomb off without her noticing. And she catches him and takes off the mask. But the guy is like, what was what was going on here? I'm like, gotcha, screen slaver. What what do you screen? What do you? I'm just a pizza delivery man. What's going on? (laughs) Yeah. Um, And so, again, they have a big like happy bash at, at, at Dev Tech with all the supers again and stuff like that. But the whole time she's just sort of like something's really not right. Um, and so she like goes by herself to like this video editing room and is like reviewing the footage that was on her on her, on her suit. camera, right? Yeah. Um, and like, I mean, I don't know the exact. She like evidence. starts to put it together where she's like, "This doesn't." At first, it's like kind of weird. She's like, "This doesn't make sense." Like, this is all the power he has, and this is all he was doing with it. And it's like, and so Evelyn is in there like talking her through, it and she's like, "I don't know, maybe he wasn't that smart." And she's like, "No, he's clearly a genius. Like, if he put the stuff together, like that doesn't make any sense." And, <laughs> I forget what other like weird evidence she like brings up. But it, basically, it she figures it out, and then as she does, Evelyn puts on hypno glasses. Yeah. On so her. like, what what happens is like she sees in the background of like the image of her fight with her, she sees the exact same image that she's looking at in a TV behind the screensaver, and he's mm-hmm. like, "How would he have this like? How would he have this feed? Like this is secure, right?" And the girl's like, "Yeah, it's super secure." It's blah blah blah. And she's like, "Maybe he hacked it." And she's like, "That doesn't make sense." And <laughs> first of all, why is that in his room? Why is there a TV showing that feed in his room? Because he's just responding to what Evelyn is telling him to do through the hypnotism. So why does he need to see it? Whatever. And so she reaches the what's his name the brother gave her the mask and it's like a oh, memento or whatever and so she reaches into it and pulls out these weird like goggle things and she's like oh my gosh like what if he was sending it through this and like the real person bad guy is out there and like controlling her and somehow evelyn gets in her hand and just smacks him right on her face and oops she's hypnotized now <laughs> so then she puts her in this like room that's like sub-zero this was the least necessary scene in this whole movie first of all why do you have that room <laughs> That room literally exists for the express purpose of doing nothing but explaining your evil plot. Like, maybe, that's all. She, maybe it was she a meat brings freezer. Her, she brings a meat freezer. <laughs> 
She brings her out of the hypnosis in this giant sub-zero room. To monologue. Yeah, so that if Mrs. Incredible stretches, she'll snap or something like that. And just monologues. Just does her monologue thing. And, like, the thing is, the whole time I was like, all right, Mrs. Incredible, you can close your eyes now. You can close your eyes anytime now. And she doesn't, and her eyes are wide open when she turns the device back on, and, oh, she's hypnotized again. I'm like, you know. That that part bothered me, too. That scene was really dumb. I will say also. But they, like, needed it for her to get her, like, evil don't trust anybody and I want the supers not to be here because then people will trust supers to fix all their problems and look how they got my dad and like no people need to learn the supers are the enemy so I'm gonna use you to like bust a bunch of stuff and it's gonna again, be great. again it's tropey it's very tropey yeah, that this very, scene very was in tropey. there I will say that um, as a slight side note this movie did a good job of never really calling back to the first movie yeah. Um, like no, no jokes were really repeated. No like, cape they, jokes. Yeah, exactly. No cape jokes. Yeah. No references to syndrome. No. Uh, none of that. Except um, for like, I think they say his name once, or like syndrome blew up our house. Uh, maybe. Yeah. I don't even remember. Yeah. But like nobody even like said like like oh I'm monologuing yada yada. Yeah. In scene. <laughs> that that would have been welcomed. Yeah. But I if it wasn't there and that's still okay. You know I, what I'm, joke? Sorry, this is really. You know what joke I had hoped would come back? Hmm. I really wanted, like, in the final scene, like on the boat or whatever the final scene wound up being, I really wanted Lucius's wife to show up and I really wanted her to be, like, a super mega ultra lightning babe. (laughs) 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 I thought that would have been great. That's fine with me. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I thought that would have been hilarious that she was a super the whole time, but just like didn't want him going out. That is a joke out. that did return, but they did not linger on it at all. Yeah. Um, which I thought was cool. Cause like, when he like goes to like help the babies or whatever. He's okay. Like, so let, let's talk about this now. Okay. So, all right. So moving forward, I guess in the story. Yeah. So, um, Evelyn calls incredible Mr. Incredible and like, which says, has like, the direct line is apparently there. That was a little weird. Yeah. Right. Direct, yeah. I was like, Oh, that's whatever. Anyway. And, um, Oh, but oh, before this, Jack Jack is returned back from Edna. Um, they have like a whole demonstration, and basically, he finds out that like all babies, even and when they're supers, tend to have like a flurry of powers, which is supposed to be a callback to how babies tend to uh, understand most, if not all, uh, languages. Like, there's been stu- Do you know about that? There's no. like a, there's a, there's been studies made where like uh, from like ages like like zero months to like maybe six months they seem to have the same cognitive ability for any language spoken to them. That makes sense. But then where like, it's not like a real understanding, but they understand enough of yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, and then like the beyond way. six months, sense. their brain sorts to determine what's the primary one and then just sort mm-hmm. of latches onto that. So um that works sort of the same way for supers where like they seem to have like a flurry of powers, um, but then they'll like latch onto like maybe one of them or something like that. But Jack Jack is a polymorph, so he's special. He tends to just like have all these different powers in total. So Edna makes like a, a suit and like a, a control tablet to like help out with like all these sorts of things. Like and she sort of explains to Bob, like, here's how you can get him out of like subspace or whatever when he gets yeah. there. Like, here's how you like don't give him cookies and take him away because then you activate demon baby. And, and if that happens then yeah you like combustion imminent yeah and that's in the joke and like and then he's get, they've got like a in like a fire extinguisher inside the suit that shoots out edible <laughs> lavender blueberry <laughs> fluff or something it's kind of funny it's but cute yeah it's and cute. there's also like a tracker like if he goes interdimensional like they yeah, can like yeah, find yeah. him and play hide and seek or whatever you know yeah sure so like bob is like demonstrating this with all the kids too and yada yada then they get the call that elastic girl's in trouble so he's all like oh i need to go and then he calls he calls frozone to like help watch over the kids too yeah it's um, it's not 
clear if he had an if he had a feeling that someone might be coming after the kids or if he was just like they're gonna need help with Jack Jack. Yeah. But yeah, that's what the joke's like. I'm going to help such and such. I'll be back. It's like I need to go ASAP. She's like, you better be back ASAP or whatever. <laughs> so Mr. Incredible goes and finds, you know, uh, like says like Elastic Girl is like in here. And she's acting strange. And beats the crap out of him. He's <laughs> like, ah, what's happening? <laughs> like, what's going on? What's going on? And subdues him enough to put glasses onto him. So now he's hypnotized. Yeah. Great. Um back at the home. All those previous supers that were like were just introduced come to the kid's door with glasses on. And, and the they're kids all, are like, hello, oh, who are you? <laughs> and then Lucius comes in and is, is tries to act all cool. Like, oh, yeah, Winston sent me. He, he told me I got this covered. You guys can just, you know, you guys can leave. Yeah. And so he goes in. And um, but then all the supers like break through the house and Lucia's again, like I always thought like his powers in the first movie were sort of like he makes ice. Yeah. But then like, oh, he can skate on the ice. But Jack Jack is way faster. Mm -hmm. Oh, he can stop like robots with his ice walls. Yeah. Yeah. He can stop ice, you know, robots with his ice walls. But Mr. Incredible can just punch the thing out of there. He was just like, I'm going to throw some ice in front of something. And it's, you know, it's not going to stop it. But it'll slow him down for like the other characters. That's even like in the Underminer. He just kind of sprays snow (laughs) at the thing. So it doesn't do quite as much damage to the big building. But in this movie, he's pretty awesome. Yeah, he is really (laughs) awesome. And he, he, he stops them just just enough but then he will he eventually gets the the goggles on him too i guess we should mention that there's a there's like a subplot at some point of like mr incredible like browsing tv and he sees that some <laughs> some like rich eccentric Hipster billionaire thing, yeah. yeah has bought his in credit car and he was like they told me it was destroyed that it was lost forever and on tv he's like and it's definitely not destroyed or lost <laughs> forever and he's like i still have the remote for it right here and he's like tempted to like pu- he pushes a button and like all the stuff starts up right after saying yeah we don't know how to get all this stuff to work and they're like oh my gosh oh and dash is like well what else can it do and he's like well there's this rocket launcher she's like fire the rocket launcher he's like i'm not gonna fire the rocket launcher in this guy's house that's like but it's your car and he's like Arr. and so he like eventually what? just puts it down it was great because he knew that if he had done that he would have put limelight onto him and yeah. that would have disrupted the plan he was all like no this has to be helen's thing you yeah know, so and so Dash has the bright idea during this to get the Incredicar to come to them. Like he gets the, the Incredimobile. I think I thought it was the Incredicar. That sounds really dumb. <laughs> I thought it sounded really dumb in the theater too. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's Incredicar. <laughs> oh, let's look this up later. Okay, but anyway, so it gets to the house like right when things look really bad, and Lucian's like, "What? The Incredicar?" And they're like, "Uh, yeah, I pushed a button." And he's like, "Oh, Incredicar, do this," and it like. It is the Incredimobile. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> I really thought, I thought they said, inc- I don't feel like they said, I feel like when he was talking, Incredimobile would have been too long. I feel like he refers to it as the Incredicard. Incredicard sounds too much like Incredicard. I don't know, man. Like I, the worst, like credit union. Like I'll, I'll need to world. see it again, but I, I thought he, I feel like, because he says it a lot, because he's like, Incredimobile, do such and such. And then he's like, all right, now, like, everybody get in. And, like, and he tells the car to, like, identify the next few voices as, like, voice commands that will understand. Because yeah, 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 he's yeah. able to command it because of the time he was with Mr. Incredible back in the day where he had, like, you know, privilege to do that. And so they put their names in and, like, right as they, like, get authorized to use the car, uh, Lucius gets glasses. And, yeah. you know, they're like, Incredible escape, and so it like drives off into the night or whatever. And they're like, Well, what the freak do we do now? Like, <laughs> so, um, so yeah, long they, like, story have short, their little dialogue, yeah. Like, long story short, they decide like we can't just like not do anything, yeah. Um, so the plan is 
um, they still have the ambassador with them. And what they're going to do is they're going to sign. The bad guys do. Yes. yes. They're going to sign into effect um, like, what's it called? Like, I don't know, the superhero, superhero legalization. Yeah, something like stuff. that. I don't know who cares. Uh, for some reason, <laughs> uh, they're going to put them all on this like super yacht yeah. and like have a party out at sea, including the ambassador and yada yada, and televise the signing live. Um, so that it's all there. Of course, she's gonna. Evelyn's plan is to have all the supers all into one place at the same time. Yada yada. Yeah, her plan is to like show like she's like hiding the three supers from him, like while her brother's making all the prep, and he's like, "Where are they?" And she's like, "Oh, you know, they're prepping or whatever." And so her plan is to have them all come in with their goggles on, hypnotize the whole room, and then have you know the supers make some speech about like you will never like put us underground again and we're going to blow up your city and like this is our world now type thing and so that's exactly what happens yeah all the while um the violet dash and jack jack have like infiltrated um and like trying to get through and are like actually fighting through some of the other hypnotized supers already which is kind of cool it is fun violet has a cool fight scene with void yeah um doesn't take off her glasses but you know like she subdues her and then just leaves her on the ground yeah so like okay so she's coming back um i the, the details here are a little bit fuzzy and uh, they wind up in like an air vent and Jack Jack breaks his control thing and gets huge. And so like falls down there. Oh, because Jack Jack really wants to find mom. And they're like, no, we have to like wait and like figure this out. But eventually Jack Jack gets away from him. Cause he's Jack Jack and finds mom who's like hypnotized. And they're like, what is this baby? Like, I don't <laughs> understand. And it's like right at that moment, like dash and Violet go in the room and they see like their parents hypnotized, but like Jack Jack gets the goggles off and Evelyn's like, no, stop them. Like through the thing. And, but they don't, and they all get their glasses off. Yeah. Um, but before that had happened, she had sent like the, you know, the three of them, Frozone, Mr. Incredible, Mrs. Incredible into like the control room to like take over and like left just enough time for the like captain to be like, mayday, mayday, the supers are taking over. And then they cut out all communication, mm-hmm. put it on a direct course aiming towards the city and break mm-hmm. all the controls. Yeah. And so they get in there and like, oh, what? So when they wake up, they're like, oh, what happened? Like, we seem to be heading right for that city. Maybe <laughs> we should do something about that. <laughs> and then, then the other supers come in and there's another cool fight scene with them and yeah. Yeah. But they get all their glasses off and it's, you know, it's fine. Yeah. Um, so then Evelyn, well, the plan is for um, for Frozone to sort of like try to like break off some of the some of like the the side rudders or whatever so that the boat will start to turn. And Mr. Incredible is going to go underneath the boat and move the rudder himself. Yeah. Um, Eventually they land on that. First, they try to like get to the boiler room to like try to like cut the engine or something. But one of the supers named crush cuts off Mr. Incredible's like path and <laughs> he knocks them out and takes the glasses off. He's like, can you fix this? He's like, well, what do you mean? He's like, can you uncrush it? He's like, Oh, he wants stuff uncrushed. This wants stuff crushed. Like people ask you to unpunch some guy. Can you do it? And Mr. Incredible's just like, I don't have time for this. <laughs> so that was a pretty funny line. I thought. Yeah. Someone so, asked you to unpunch something. So they're enacting this plan while uh, Elastigirl goes after Evelyn in her like, like escape, to escape plane. On a, she yeah. like, tries to take her brother with her, but her brother's like, "F this! Like I am not on board with this crap." And so he gets off. And, yeah. Yeah. And um, so Void helps her get on the you know plane, and there's a few mishaps because she's all nervous and whatever. <laughs> but like she gets on there. And uh, there's a scene. By the way, this was kind of interesting. I think so. Like um, she intentionally like gets into high pressure areas and like a lot of turbulence and she has a mask, but Elastigirl doesn't. So she's starting to get hypoxia mm-hmm. and it's just sort of like, Oh, that's not good or whatever. Yeah. Um, 
and then straight up shoots a flare gun. Shoots a flare right at the lady's back through the window. And I'm like, well, she's dead. <laughs> I, I made a like a ooh face for like the next five minutes. I was like, Dave, did she just she kill just murdered me? that yeah, lady? Really? <laughs> Straight up. But no, she didn't. Somehow she's alive. I read that that she was able to keep a calm mind like while having hypoxia because she is a trained pilot and they do have to train for that sort of stuff. I mean, that makes sense, except leading up to that moment, she was definitely very goofy and well, did that not seem to people have were a calm saying mind. that she was like faking it. Uh, I whatever. That, I thought that she might have been faking it, but then it was it cleared the like she it was weird. I get that theory. It's probably what they were going for because they did establish in Incredibles one that she's a trained pilot. They don't go into it too much, but yeah, I I, I get it. I buy that. It wasn't communicated great, but it's sure. it's inconsequential too. Yeah, it's, basically. It's anyway, she murders this person, except not. <laughs> so she <laughs> saves her from falling uh, down into the ocean abyss, and uh, they save the boat. Frozone mostly to the rescue here by like making a whole lot of snow as like a cushion so that it doesn't actually crash into a building. Um, this is this is the part where it gets a little more confusing in my opinion because afterwards everybody is saved and Evelyn is in custody and then Winston is just sort of like yeah we'll see each other again yeah and Frozone's like um should we check up on that and the last girl's like ah, I'm off duty yeah da, 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 da. <laughs> like and then that's it I I don't, I don't, I'll have to see this scene again, but in the moment I didn't think much of it. Cause you were like, oh, he says something like, you know, uh, you know, I see good things in the future and then like walks off and I'm just like, eh, it seems consistent with his character where he's like the eternal optimist and always trying to upsell stuff. You know, I don't know that he's, what is his motivation that they threw his sister in jail? Like he abandoned ship from his sister when his sister was like, I'm taking you with me. This is like what we're doing. And he's like, heck no, it's not like you're insane. Well, and he gets off that himself, not knowing whether or not the boat would actually crash or not. Like you think though, that if they ended it like that, he'd be like shaking their hands. Like, Oh, thank you so much. I have no idea what my sister was thinking. Yada, yada. I, I no feel like they did had... kind of have a moment like that. He had but, like, one line and then walked away. And then why would Frozone have to say like, uh, should we, check up on that if there wasn't something suspicious going down i don't know i i'm hoping for better from them i guess i think that'd be really dumb if next movie he's the bad guy or whatever well maybe i'm missing something then i mean i, do I don't know if see you're missing again. something i think you might be reading too much into it but maybe you're reading exactly too much into it and i'm giving them too much credit that they <laughs> wouldn't do something that dumb but mm. maybe they will i don't know i i hope you're wrong but yeah maybe not so anyways, since they did, in fact, sign the papers, supers are actually legal. Yeah. Um, and That's pretty much it. That's actually pretty much it, yeah. Because I think, like, after that, like, Violet, like, reintroduces herself to Tony at school. Um, even, like, like, oh, you're the girl from the restaurant, right? Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, no, 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 I don't know who that idiot was. <laughs> um, that is it, right? Like, what's the final, like, scene? Oh, because they're going to the movies with him as a family. Oh, yeah. And then there's, like, cop car in this instance. And so Violet shoves him out and's like, oh, get the tickets. I'll be right in with you. And then they, like, go off, and their car changes into the Incredimobile. And, yeah. Yeah. So that's that's it. That's it. No end credit scenes except for a small little animation of the Underminer's car, like, actually popping out at, like, the bottom of the screen. Kind of cute. Not, yeah. Not teasing a sequel. Just if like, there is a sequel, I'm sure he'll be at the beginning of it again. Yeah, perhaps. Somehow. Yeah. yeah. So that's Incredibles 2. Um, in a you know in in summation, 
not necessarily better than the first, but still a no, really absolutely not better than the first, but a really good movie. Yes, it like I went in expecting nothing, and I had a really good time. Like I enjoyed my time with this movie. I thought it was a very good movie. Um, it has those small issues, but like you know, so it's on the low end of an eight instead of a ten, like The Incredibles. You'll still see an eight movie, right? Like that's a, that's a good movie. Yeah, and you'll have a good time because it's superhero stuff, and they do lots of fun superhero stuff, and it'll be really tropey, but you know, you'll have a good time. And if you don't focus too much on those little threads, which you know you don't really have to, they're not really big deals. It you're gonna have a good time. This is a good time of a movie. It's really nice that um you know it is. This was 15 years in the making. Yeah, but they could have made it two years later with the same like story, and it would have been acceptable. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it, it's it's not it doesn't seem like they you know the thing is is like Brad Bird said that he didn't want to make a sequel until they had like the right story and like the right yada yada whatnot and yeah. like I'm like okay so 15 years for you could have maybe done a little better I don't know <laughs> I um, mean that's fair you wonder if this was the right story if it was the right time to make some money yeah and um, but. For a movie to make, like it was good. Like yeah, we're, being, yeah. we're we're nitpicking here because sure, it's sure. not a fantastic movie. It's a really good movie, and you're gonna have a good time watching it. I have no regrets seeing this in theaters. Right. I, I don't want to give the impression at all that I didn't enjoy my time there, almost entirely. But it's not the Incredibles one. It's not as good as the Incredibles one, and. It's just hard to strike lightning twice like that. Like I don't even disbelieve Brad Bird so much that they thought they had the right story. I don't know. It it's so hard to strike lightning twice like that. Like yeah. I don't think it was ever gonna be as good as the first. And if it was, you'd like put Brad Bird and like Freeze's head and like keep it forever so we can keep making movies for us, right? I mean that was exactly those were exactly my my apprehensions. I was just yeah. like I, I was like, you don't make Mona Lisa the sequel, you know, <laughs> like it, you just you don't. Like yeah. I, that movie was was like a, a solid nine plus out of ten, you know? Yeah. Like what, there's no way at least in our minds that it was going to live up to it it didn't but it did do like a it still was a good movie you didn't leave the movie thinking like man they didn't live up to it you right. left thinking wow that was a really good movie and i'm glad i saw it and i'm glad they made it like yeah. it, it wasn't it wasn't no solo. it is not as good but it does not sully the it doesn't sully the incredibles name at all it wasn't it is, solo a star wars movie <laughs> okay <laughs> slip that in there i had to i just have to yeah it was good, and I feel like there were a lot of little things that we could talk about more that I'm just not remembering. We discussed some of it with our wives afterwards, and it was actually a really good talk, but... But yeah. we had to sort of stifle ourselves a little bit also. We tried. Even our wives knew, longer, like, are yeah. you guys going to podcast about this? <laughs> <laughs> we're like, I mean, I think we have to. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I think we got out most of it anyways, and all the important stuff as well also. I think so. Overall, I mean, like... You couldn't have any bigger critics on this movie than us, yeah. honestly. Yeah. And we're saying go see it. Yeah. We're absolutely saying go see it, you know? Yeah. I the epilepsy thing really sucks. The more my wife talked about it. Like mm. she I hate even saying it this much, but this is what my wife wanted me to contribute to this, right? Your wife had your thing, my wife had mine. And it does <laughs> suck. Like when you think about it, the fact that it does cut out a lot of people when you're thinking about how good you can rate a movie when it's like entirely unwatchable by a certain portion of people, like that's that's problematic, but I wonder what they have to do to fix that. Then I don't know. I wonder. I wonder if it's in the works already. If it somehow to, to did slip under their nose, to release a sort of like uh, like toned down Oops, version. We're I guess. sorry. Yeah. Hmm. Like maybe it'll be something in like the DVD release. I don't know. Because what's weird is that I haven't heard 
anything about this actually like i mean i think my wife had to go look for it a little bit i don't think it's maybe they're trying to hush the press a little bit i mean probably i mean look the press has had plenty to talk about and everything else and Uh, this is not sensationalized enough for it to make like the main news you know you got me there that's the world we live in but i it it doesn't surprise me when she pointed it out i'm like i can't imagine there'd be no incidents of this right Mm. you know but but mm. yeah i'd give it an eight yeah 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 and an eight is is more than enough cause for you to see it in theaters i think yeah Um, it it is a good movie to see in theaters so if you heard this whole cast without seeing the movie what is wrong with you we spoiled the whole thing but yeah but if you had already and you were just listening to this cast again hopefully you agree with the eight you know i I know some people who said that they liked this one over the first one i think you're nuts (laughs) (laughs) um i can't be too hard on you because they're both good movies but i think you're nuts i think the first (laughs) one is so good yeah i mean the other thing i'd point out really really quick um Music in this movie didn't really do it that much for me. Yeah, it was fine. It was just fine, which is definitely a disappointment coming from the mind blow that was Incredibles, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's the same team, Michael Giacchino and Gordon Goodwin. I felt Goodwin. like they just, well, Gordon Goodwin in the first one, all he did was the end credits, actually. So I don't know if that was the case in this one. I'm 100% I think he actually sure. Had a, I think he had a bigger hand in this one. It seemed like it, yeah. I know for sure he did the end credits because there was a lick in there I heard that reminded me. Oh, yeah, that's very Gordon Goodwin. I wonder if he did this one, too, since he did the first one. And, yeah, he definitely was involved with the score making. So, But it, it mostly just kind of sounded like kind of awkward rehashes of themes you heard in the first movie. Yeah. You know? It was like those themes, but there was like a weird wrinkle or weird time signature thing in there so that you couldn't, like, sing along with it to make it unpredictable. But it just kind of it just kind of threw it off a little bit. Not that it was ever bad. But I can't remember any scene where I was like, oh, I really liked the music in this scene, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> like, I can always think back to the montage in Incredibles 1 of, like, the training montage. Like, there's so much, like... <clears throat> Thank you. <laughs> there's so much iconic music in that one. And there was, like, a montage thing like that in this movie, right? It was kind of like a play. It was a minor one where it was like him studying and stuff and like being a good dad. It's kind of a little minor play on that, but it wasn't as memorable. Parts because I have no idea what the music was during that part. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. The animation was great. It was kind of interesting that I feel like they went kind of a different direction with the faces of people. Um, I feel like they tried to make them a little more realistic. Like they were still very cartoony. But, like, not quite as cartoony as the first one. Like, when I compare, like, the old lady that Dash saved at the beginning of this movie to the old lady who Mr. Incredible saves her cat in the first movie. Mm -hmm. Like, the second one was much more, like, realistically proportioned and had a face you could see. Or, like, even, like, the ambassador in this movie versus the lady at the beginning of the first Incredible who's saying, like, it is time for Supra's secret identity to be their only identity. Like, it was slightly less stylized. Not... I'm not saying it was better or worse, but it was a little bit different. That's all. So. Yeah. Didn't bother me. Oh, it didn't, it didn't I, bother me, but I noticed it. You have you have a higher you have a higher standard though. I from, guess. Yeah. I don't know. Also, Rick Dicker's voice sucked. Um, oh yeah, you, you haven't <laughs> you haven't mentioned that at all. Yeah, my goodness. <laughs> what is wrong with you? You let the littlest details bother you so deeply, and yet you diatribe so much. Like, no, no, me. it didn't bother me. It didn't bother me. And then here we go, full freaking circle at the end of the episode. I thought that would be good. So with that, let's go ahead and conclude this. That sounds good. 
Watch the movie. We yeah. enjoyed it. Yep. We think it's not as good as the first, but we do think it's a good movie. Yep. So, good yeah, job, Pixar. Go you didn't crush our hopes and dreams. So thank you for joining us on this extremely spoiler-written movie cast. If you haven't seen the movie yet, shame on you. Um, if you have, please share with us your thoughts. Um, if you are one of those who didn't like or who preferred this movie over the first one, let us know. We yeah, want to fight. Why. We want to fight with you. Fight. So, um, all right. Thanks for joining us on this. Uh, special thanks, of course, to Danny Barry Hubert for the artwork and the combined efforts of uh, Rob KTA and Expert Novice and OC Remix for the intro and outro music. Um, we're good, Dave? We're good. All righty. Well, we'll see you guys on the next one. Take care.